Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Thomas Welch, and we got a fun episode for you today. We're going to be recapping the Blues commanding 5-1 to victory over a very talented Washington Capitals team that includes Alexander Ovechkin. We're going to be talking about a goalie controversy in St. Louis, a little bit, a little bit more in-depth into that whole conversation, whether there is one, whether there isn't one. And we're also going to be previewing the Blues' next game coming up against the Dallas Stars. Before we get into all that, I want to thank you guys once again for making us your first listen of the day. I know I am not a morning person. I'm sure plenty of you guys are not morning people, but uh, it's nice to share those mornings together with you guys, even if it's through a channel like Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, whatever you guys are listening to us on. Uh, so thank you for starting your day off with the Locked on Blues podcast. So that being said, the Blues won 5-1 to one against the Capitals. Obviously, that's a huge bounce-back game for this team. Uh, this was a very interesting game to me for a lot of reasons, and I'll outline a couple of them here. I feel like it was one of Clem Costin's best games of the season all around, so absolutely love to see that, and a young, impressionable player uh, who's still trying to, ve- to develop uh, through, find his way and navigate through the NHL. Uh, as we've seen with KHL guys, uh, it, it doesn't always click right away, right? And for some it does, maybe, but uh, Clem Costin, it's going to take some time, but he's going to round out his game. He's going to find out ways to be successful in the NHL, and uh, I think this is another just step in that direction. Billy Huso, a fantastic game, obviously. Stood on his head, made some jaw-dropping ones at that. There's certainly some similarities and some differences uh, between this two-game sample of the game against the Penguins with Jordan Bennington in net and the game against the Capitals with Billy Husso in net. We'll probably get into that a little bit later. Oscar Sundquist found the score sheet again. Um, Jordan Cairo found the score sheet again. Continues to stay hot. Ivan Barbashev doing his thing. Robert Thomas, two assists on the night. Ryan O'Reilly, two assists on the night. Great to get him going. Uh, would love to see him get a little bit more point production for the boys. And Pavel Buchnevich with a two-goal effort on the game. Uh, Josh and I talked about someone having to step up potentially in Vladimir Tarasenko's absence, however long that might be if he's on the COVID list. Uh, you're going to need guys to step up and score some goals and create some plays, and it seems like Pavel Buchnevich could absolutely be that guy. He's been consistent. He's been lethal all season long. Certainly worth every bit of Sammy Blay and a second-round pick in 2022. The chemistry that he's formulated with Jordan Cairo, uh, with Ivan Barbashev, with Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, with plenty of guys on this team is nothing short of a masterpiece, especially in such a short amount of time, and especially uh, on a team where we've seen guys struggle, and Justin Falk struggled when he first came in. Tory Krug struggled when he first came in, so it's not always the easiest transition for these guys to go from city to city and from system to system and be like oh we'll just pick it up and do what I normally do because there's different coaches different personnel uh, all these different factors that go into making a team and making it possible for a player to be successful but Bushnevich picking it up right away is a great sign for this team moving forward now two of the biggest takeaways I have from this game uh, kind of align with each other and it's the two game sample right so we played the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are going to be a playoff team. We're riding an eight-game win streak. We played the Washington Capitals, who are going to be a playoff team. Uh, 
are an offensive juggernaut, beat their starting goaltender with our backup goalie in net. So one game we had a 5-3 to three score and another game we had a 5-1 to one score. So in my opinion, I feel like the strongest asset of this team obviously right now is the offense. And we've been saying that all season long, but really in a two game sample going up against playoff teams. And I feel like even consistently throughout this season against Edmonton, against teams like that, the cream of the crop that the NHL has to offer, our offense has always been there. We haven't really been shut down consistently. The sticks never really go quiet. There's always, it's, I mean, Robert Thomas said it best. This team has three lines that are capable of being first lines on, on plenty of teams in the NHL. So someone always steps up to provide the offensive production. It's not the same people every night, but it doesn't have to be on this team. Uh, and that's a beautiful thing. And that's why we love this depth. And that's why so many people are picking the Blues to not only go deep in the playoffs, to, but to potentially bring home the Stanley Cup once again. So I'm not worried about the offense, regardless of who gets injured, regardless of who enters COVID protocol. Uh, I know we talked about this being a sample size of what this team could potentially look like without Vladimir Tarasenko. As far as the offense is concerned, it looks fine. So I think we'll be okay uh, if and when the possibility of his trade going through does happen. But then you move to the other end of the spectrum, right? And you say, okay, well, the offense, everyone knew the offense was going to be good because we were... One of the deepest teams in the NHL, if not the deepest team in the NHL. But everyone also thought the defense was going to be bad. And the defense has been bad. And the defense was bad in both of these games. Just because they came out with the victory in the game against the Washington Capitals doesn't mean they played well defensively, right? They certainly played better than they did in the Penguins game, in my opinion. But the first periods in both games felt identical to me. It felt like... The Penguins and the Capitals were enforcing their will on the Blues defense. The Blues defense was just trying to weather the storm, keep shots at the perimeter, but then the Capitals collected those rebounds and cycled it back again, and next thing you know, the defense is out there for a two-minute shift. They're gassed, letting up chance after chance after chance, and Billy Huso is having to make skate blade saves and sprawl across the entire mouth of the net just to make sure the puck doesn't go in. Jordan Binnington had a similar performance in his first period against the Pittsburgh Penguins. You go into the first intermission, talk with the boys and say, hey man, our goalie's giving it everything he's got. He's gassed. Let's give him a little breathing room. Let's let's provide some goal support for this guy. So they come out second period and they go up three to one in both games, right? Three to one lead in both games. Now, as everyone knows, two goal lead is obviously the worst lead in hockey, but it did kind of feel like the Blues might've got comfortable uh, after going up 3-1 on the Penguins, meaning like, okay, we're good to go. And then next thing you know, Penguins are clawing their way back and tied up 3-3 and then go on to win 5-3, obviously. But if you had to pick a weakest part of the team in those last two periods against the Penguins, it was absolutely the defense, right? And it's not just the defensemen. The forwards needed to back check better, needed to forward check better, uh, weren't working hard enough for board battles. All those things that Craig Berube said, I feel like, they had to have had that on their mind, right? I mean, you go you go against the Capitals, and it's the same thing. It's almost deja vu. You go up 3-1 to one in the second period, and you're like, okay, we know what happened last time. Whether we got comfortable or not, we let the Penguins come back all the way on us and complete the comeback. So with this Capitals team, that's exactly what we're not going to let happen. Like That has to be in their head as they're playing this game, right? So they lock it down defensively and come away with a 5-1 to one victory. Capitals did not score again for the rest of the game. 
That results in Villahuso making 26 saves on the night on 27 shots as opposed to the 36 saves that Jordan Bennington made on 41 shots. We're going to talk more about those two and whether there is a goalie controversy currently when we come back from this break, so don't go anywhere. Tale as old as time, true as it can be, St. Louis Blues fans love their goalie controversies and there might be one among us right now. I've been in the Blues Lounge, I've been on Twitter, see what you guys are saying and I understand that Billy Husso is having a pretty good season so far. I know we certainly talked about it on the last episode, but for whatever reason, maybe there's not that same comfort level or um, maybe there's not that same level of faith in Billy Husso that the defense has in Jordan Bennington, so the defense relies on Jordan Bennington more and maybe they play more aggressive. Maybe they pinch more because they know that they have Jordan Bennington in goal and sometimes take him for granted. But whatever the case is, they definitely lock it down and they play a bit more safe uh, with Vili Husso in the net. So I, to some degree, I understand the argument of, so just keep Vili Husso in net all the time. So the defense plays better. It's just A plus B equals C, right? The problem there is to justify that. I think you have to you have to be in a situation where Jordan Bennington has played poorly, right? I mean, I just I just don't think you can demote a guy who's making six mil because the defense isn't playing well enough when he's in net. That doesn't sound like a Jordan Bennington problem. That sounds like a defense problem. So if I'm a coach, I want to set the precedent like, hey, you're the defense. It's your job to step it up for the goalie and play better for him as opposed to catering to which goalie you play better in front of. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you probably saw this already, but I found an interesting stat, and that is save percentage among goalies who've played 100-plus games over the last three seasons. Uh, Soros is a 923. He's number one. Vasilevsky is a 922. Connor Hellebuck is a 918. Markstrom is a 915. Mark andre Fleury is a 913. And Jordan Bennington has a save percentage of 910. Grubauer also has a save percentage of 9.10, and Gibson has a save percentage of 9.07. So that's pretty good company to be uh, in the same conversation as if you're Jordan Bennington. Uh, if you're in that club of, oh, he's the starter, he's making 6 mil, he won us the Stanley Cup, keep him in net. Uh, I think that's where kind of I'm more aligned to, but I understand like switching things up with the team uh, can always provide a spark, and it feels like Billy Huso is well on his way to solidifying his spot as the backup goalie, uh, not only for the St. Louis Blues this this season, but for years to come. But something else about that stat is obviously that's among goalies who have played 100 plus games, right? So your sample size is a little bit smaller than every goalie in the league. But at the same time, I think it's admirable that Jordan Bennington has played more than 100 plus games in that time frame, right? Because it's, it's very easy for goalies to get injured, as we've seen uh, over the years across the NHL. That's why they have to stay so flexible, so nimble. Uh, those pads can get caught on things. Players can land on top of you in scuffles. Uh, and especially with the aggressive way that Jordan Bennington tends the net and the fire that he plays with, the fact that he's remained healthy for as, as much as he has over these last three seasons, uh, I think is something that we should not take for granted. Now, that being said, I think the more that Billy Husso shows he can make it in the NHL and the more uh, fantastic saves that he makes and more wins he compiles, I think it is worth giving him more games uh, and giving Jordan Bennington more rest. But at the same time, and that being said, 
Jordan Bennington is your starter. He's making $6 million. He's a massive part of the reason that we won a Stanley Cup. And here's the biggest reason why. You can pull save percentages that kind of rely on the defense. You can pull goals against average that kind of relies on the defense. You can pull any kind of stat or analytic you want. Be my guest. But here's what it comes down to for me, right? And I talked about this a little bit on Facebook with people in the lounge, but in the time that Jordan Bennington has been the starter for the St. Louis Blues, how many times have we lost a hockey game because the goaltending hasn't been good enough? I could probably count on one hand how many times that's happened. And so swing it all the way to the other side, how many times have we won a game because of the goaltending? I feel like that's happened pretty consistently with Binner. So taking those into consideration, the grass is always greener, right? And obviously it would be fantastic for the Blues to have a goalie that's always top three in Vesna voting and has the highest save percentage in the league. But when that happens, the goalie is also not signing a contract for $6 million average annual value. So the fact of the matter is Jordan Bennington has already proven in his time in the NHL that he is good enough when he's playing at his best to win a Stanley Cup with the St. Louis Blues. So in my opinion, it's going to be very hard for him to lose the starting position. That being said, like I said a little bit earlier, I, I would not mind seeing Billy Huso get more starts, especially with the way that he's playing right now and the way that the team looks in front of him. If the defense consistently plays the way that they play defense in front of Billy Huso, maybe that's a better way for them to establish those habits and maybe it translates better to when Bennington's in goal. They just don't even think about it and they play the same way. So at the end of the day, if you guys have been listening to the pod, uh, you know where I stand on this. I don't think the offense is holding this team back. I don't think the coaches are holding this team back. And I don't think the goaltending is holding this team back. The one thing that's holding this team back right now is the defense. And so whether John Klingberg is available, I, I probably not available to the St. Louis Blues because he's on the Dallas Stars, obviously. But it does sound like he wants out of Dallas. Jacob Chikrin, Ben Sherratt, all of those guys provide help on the back end and a boost for a team that's trying to make a push through the playoffs for another Stanley Cup before their window closes, as well as doing its best to open that next window as soon as possible. Now, on their quest for a Stanley Cup, the next team to stand in the St. Louis Blues way is the Dallas Stars. But speaking of Stanley Cups, if you think the Blues are going to win one, might be a good idea to throw some money down. And you can do that with our friends over at Bet Online, because Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as they continue to march through the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports at Bet Online where the game starts. When we come back, we're going to preview the Dallas Stars game versus the St. Louis Blues, a Central Division matchup. Don't go anywhere. All right, the St. Louis Blues face off against a familiar foe in the Dallas Stars. At 1 o'clock, the Dallas Stars are riding a four-game win streak and have not lost since the last time they played the St. Louis Blues. Two games in a row, 
Lost both of them 4-1, to one, but they haven't lost since then. And since it's a Central Division matchup, I feel like it's only right to mention that the St. Louis Blues currently sit second in the Central Division. Only the Preds uh, have more points on the season, and they are right above the Avalanche. Obviously, the Avalanche have games in hand. The Dallas Stars currently sit sixth in the Central Division with a 17-12-2 record. St. Louis Blues are 20-10-5. and and I also think it's important to note that as much as the St. Louis, St. Louis Blues have been road warriors for the last couple of years, especially in the Stanley Cup run, um, winning Game 7 on the road in fantastic fashion in front of a passionate Boston Bruins fan base, Sunday's game versus the Stars is at Enterprise Center, and the St. Louis Blues currently have a 13-3-2 record at home this season. So... Going back to bet online, if you want to throw some money down on the St. Louis Blues in this game, it's probably a pretty safe wager. That being said, it's going to be an interesting game, mostly because Joe Pavelski uh, feels like he absolutely murders the Blues every time we play him. Uh, he's one of the best net front presences in the league and is absolutely insane at tipping pucks into the net. I feel like there are games, especially with this Blues defense, where they just completely forget to cover the guys in the crease and... Uh, that could prove to be an, a nightmare for the St. Louis Blues with Joe Pavelski on the other side. So Jamie Benn is coming to town again, so you know it's about to go down or not go down, depending on how you look at it. And similar to the St. Louis Blues, it looks like they're building their next wave of talent as well. They've got a bunch of young studs in Jason Robertson, Miro Heiskanen, and Giryanov. Now, I know I said the Stars are sixth in the division, but... The four-game win streak that they're on currently consisted of wins against the Chicago Blackhawks, which, okay, whatever. But the Minnesota Wild, they beat 7-4. to They beat the Florida Panthers 6-5. to And they beat the Pittsburgh Penguins, who we just lost to, a reminder, 3-2. to So they're probably feeling pretty good about their play right now, and that is dangerous uh, for a Dallas team that is always dangerous. And I'm sure they still have some pent-up frustrations from that double OT game winner that Pat Maroon dealt them in the playoffs as well. So as big of a gap, it looks like there is on paper for these two teams. I feel like it's going to be a much closer game than that dictates. So in honor of that beautiful goal scored by the hometown hero, Pat Maroon, for this game's locked on player of the game, I'm going to go with another St. Louis and Logan Brown. He's been Having a pretty good run with the big club so far. You love what you see from the guy. It seems like he makes steps in the right direction every game that he plays. Showing what he's capable of. Showing why he was picked 11th overall by the Ottawa Senators. And as much as the Dallas Stars tend to play a similar style of hockey to the St. Louis Blues in terms of grinding it out and physicality, they do have a lot of speedsters on their team. And because of that and the depth that the St. Louis Blues have, I feel like Logan Brown's line and his size can be an area of which to expose this Dallas Stars team. So we'll see if that happens. I'm going to go with a 3-1 to victory for the St. Louis Blues over the Dallas Stars. Maybe 4-1, to I think. I don't. We've been scoring a ton of goals lately, so it'll definitely be interesting to see. I'll be keeping my eyes glued to the TV, but I think that's all the time we have for today. So thank you guys so much for listening to the Locked on Blues podcast. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening to and subscribe on YouTube and turn your notifications on. That way you never miss an episode. 
You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at LockedOnBlues. You can follow me on Twitter at 1215. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. But like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.